We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Family conflict is often the stuff of drama, but we'll be talking about it in a little different way. It's the subject of a film showing later this week at the Cinema St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase. It's titled Parallel Chords. The story centers on a domineering father and his sensitive daughter and the issue of one submitting to the will of the other. Joining me to talk about it are Catherine Dudley-Rose. She is the writer-director of the film. Allison Mace is a co-producer, well-known in St. Louis as the owner and founder of Sauce Magazine. Ladies, thank you so much for being with us. Great to have you. Hi, thank you so much for Great having us. Great to see us. you. Catherine, let me start with you. Would you give us the Cliff Notes version of what the movie is all about? <laughs> uh, not too much detail because you want people to see it. Okay, sure. It's a music-driven uh, drama uh, coming-of-age story about a father-daughter relationship. Um, they're both musicians. The father is losing the feeling in his hands and losing the sense of music, and he's becoming very dependent on his daughter to keep that alive. She would like to uh, explore other things other than the narrow field of classical music. However, she feels uh, torn and, and knows that might hurt her father. So she's dealing with that push and pull. I, I'm told that it's a true story and that it might be your true story, in a sense, at least. <laughs> it's, uh, it's loosely autobiographical, I like to say, in that um, my father was a classical concert pianist. Um, he was the inaugural performer for Avery Fisher Hall in, mm-hmm. in Lincoln Center. Um, and uh, I did grow up performing with him regularly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty unique um, bond when you're practicing with your father from a young age every single night. Um, I tallied up the hours of that. It's, it's pretty crazy. Thousands and thousands of hours <laughs> with, <laughs> with someone making music, you know. Sure. Well, writing the story and then making the film uh, had to unleash certain emotions in you, I would think. Yeah. So um, I did pursue acting and a lot of other creative um, things, but uh, I had this this story in me. Like I, I felt that I just had to kind of get it out really quickly. I mean, this was many years ago. So um, I was already uh, writing other things and acting and directing uh, in New York. And uh, when it came time that it was just like, it was right. Like I knew like, okay, I think I'm ready. I can write this now. Um, it first came out fairly quickly. Um, but then it's been a long journey to, to finally get it on the big screen. Sure. It always is it's <laughs> when, you're, yeah. when you're making films. Allison, I have to confess that I was surprised to see that you had an involvement uh, in the film. How did that come to be? Well, I was uh, approached by another member of the crew and she was telling me about the project and um, it was ex- absolutely fascinating to me, and I said I really wanted to meet Catherine and see if there was something that I could do to help. Um, the I, We hit it off immediately when we met, and I loved the story, and I really wanted to see it happen in St. Louis. I didn't want it to be taken out of St. Louis. I thought St. Louis was the, perf- was the perfect backdrop, and... Um, you know, me, I'm going to be a big supporter of St. Louis any way I can, even when it comes to production of a feature film. So that's kind of how we started this. So so what is the role of the co-producer? Well, um, I think the buck cash? stops here <laughs> is kind of where, where, uh, where, where, where I've, I, I see that. Um, I, I've never done anything like this before, but it was um, invigorating to learn the, the world of film and uh, – 
watch and, and run a crew of 30 with Catherine. It was um, one of the most interesting things I've ever done, and um, it was a really great outlet for my creativity and the natural skill of producing because, you know, I produce a lot of things, not only from events, but obviously monthly, the Sauce Magazine. So mm. it just gave me another opportunity to stretch my wings in a production level that I've not done before. And I'm so glad she did. I was going to say, what did, <laughs> Catherine, what does someone like Allison, I think there were four co-producers, if I'm... Yeah, so um, there's different kinds of producers. Yeah. And so um, I'm a producer by necessity in terms of mm-hmm. uh, I did a lot of the just pre-production work and, and kind of getting everybody on board, whether that's actors or cinematographers, mm-hmm. editors, locations, everything that I could do to kind of like get a set and say, yes, we can do this. Um, and then I was so very fortunate to, to meet Allison. And then um, obviously I can't do any of that sort of thing while on set. So uh, I felt you know, really supported having having her there. And, and um, there are other producers that you may see, like executive producer, those people um, are more financial uh, assistance. And some of that came from when I did uh, the short film. Uh, people saw it and came up to me afterwards and said, uh, you know, because I, I put in the short film based on a feature-length screenplay. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and, uh, yeah, there was a number of uh, people that, that helped us out financially that get producer credit. Um, and then associate producer, those are people that maybe they secured a very substantial location or something like mm-hmm. that. We were really lucky to have Webster University for the music school. That was, uh, that was pretty fantastic. Yeah, let's talk for a moment about the St. Louis connection or connections because uh, aside from shooting here, there, there are other connections as well. Yeah, um, it's, you know, we. I, I feel the same way as Allison in terms of I really wanted to film here. To be honest with you, a lot of people did not want me to film here because, you know, it's very, it's very challenging. Um, but uh, we have this beautiful city, and um, Allison was able to, to help us get the Fox Theater. And um, as I mentioned, Webster University, I when I was in New York, I worked with a really good producer that um, said – how you start a project is you define the the first day of shooting. You just say, I'm going to shoot on this day, and then you just don't give up. Mm-hmm. And so I had already picked my day of, of filming, October 17th, and uh, it was getting closer and closer, and we did not have – we really needed the, the college, and we didn't have it yet. And then I saw the music school, and it turned out they had their break and it started October 17th. So um, that was like, well, okay, we really have to stay here and, and, and shoot this here. And also the um, there's a lot of, as you know, there are a lot of musicians in the film. Um, Daniel Sheen, who plays the, uh, the humble role of being the uh, piano extra. You know, he's our piano double, but mm-hmm. he's a, an amazing pianist, and, and he allowed us to use his home as well. So we had two, a house with two grand pianos, um, you know, a, a fantastic pianist playing Playing the hands of, you know, the uh, the main character, the father. I wanted and, to ask about that, but uh, yeah. Rachel Ann, is that the name of the yes. young lady? Was it, did, she plays? Yes, so she does not actually. But, oh, really? um, oh yeah. I thought she did. <laughs> she does not, but she. Um, before we did the short, I gave her a number of lessons, and um, I still teach violin and piano, so I, I'm pretty aware of uh, form and, and what we would need to see and what is doable and what is not uh. doable. So even when we did the short, I would pick specific passages that I knew the actor could do this. And then we can cut to the real person, you know, the real musician sure. um, and never give the actor something that would not work for them. Um, so Rachel uh, 
she all of the things that we see her do, she's doing some of it, but also we have Aaron Schreiber who is, you know, in the St. Louis Symphony mm-hmm. and so she's our she's our violinist double as well. Well I, I thought I had read that uh, that Rachel was a musician herself. But I guess you know what? I, if she I did, is a it was wonderful a... singer and she plays yeah. guitar too and she is just she went, you know, to the uh, American Musical Academy and, and she's she's very musical. It's She's not necessarily be, violinist. But it's yeah. got to be very difficult to to shoot, though, under yes. these conditions where yes. you're cutting from the face and the fingers and all yes. the rest this of it. Yes, this is the, one of the biggest challenges that uh, people don't realize. And if we did a, a poor job, they would realize. But if if we do the right job, they think that the actors sure. are playing. And um, I'm I'm fortunate enough that I had done a number of films where I was hired as a as a musician, but you know. You're doing it perfectly and correctly, but you're not even using that. You're using recordings, and there's a lot of different layers. There's some uh, filmmakers who have been around for a long time that don't even know how you put all this together because it, it is very complicated. Sure. It's like an action scene only with, you know, fingers yeah. and notes. <laughs> Allison, you mentioned a couple of moments ago your own involvement in the creative process in a somewhat different way uh, with the magazine and some of the other events that you do. What did you learn from this process that you might be able to apply to to what you do in your various uh, areas? Hmm. Patience, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and um, it's it's a lot of critical thinking on the fly. And that you know, when you're when you're dealing with so many variables and you're on a tight timeline, and just one little thing can throw things so far out of whack. Um, being prepared and having a really great team underneath you that. Um, are just as passionate as um, the story and the, and the, and the topic. It's um, it was just one of those things that I just it's invigorating to see um, the the amount of work and passion all coming together at the same time. And I think that was my most favorite favorite thing about uh, producing the film with Catherine. It was. Um, um, an experience that I could never ever replace. Is it something you'd like to do again? Do you think? Absolutely, yeah. I would totally, I would totally go down that rabbit really? hole again. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's been a lot of discussion here in St. Louis and in Missouri over the years about bringing more film work into this uh, oh, into yeah. this area. For some reason, mm-hmm. it, it was more popular at one time than it is now. I wonder if a project like this might just light the uh, light the fire to get this thing going again. What do you well, think? It, it definitely should because the the amount of talent that is in this city is, is extraordinary and uh, the uh, the fact that they have a lot of the talent has to leave town to pursue a career it, it's it's sad to me. So I think that we need to find a way to increase the uh, favoritism towards feature film production in St. Louis because it's such a beautiful backdrop and a lot of stories are, you know, based out of St. Louis, real stories mm-hmm. that need to be told, but then they're shot in Birmingham Cal- or uh, yeah. Georgia or, you know, somewhere outside of the state of Missouri and that's a problem. And and it's probably a lot less expensive to shoot here than it would be to in a number of places I could think of. That's true. It's true. Um yeah, definitely. I mean, I was lucky enough that we had people um, who have very strong St. Louis roots that, like Allison said, have to leave. So they're in yeah. Los Angeles, but they really wanted to come back here. And um, I just kept thinking, gosh, how cool would it be if I could wake up every day and film here and not have to go off and do it? You know, I did the short mm-hmm. elsewhere. Um, but but it is challenging. You know, it is less expensive, but it's still as as hard as you might think, you know, Um 
for my script, there are like 24 pages of house and 24 pages of college. And honestly, if we did not have those things, mm-hmm. we I don't see how we could have shot here. But luckily, we found them. There is a tax credit issue that used to be – Very uh, big tax uh, credit uh, issue, yeah. yes. Is it something that affected you? Oh, you yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I even had people say, well, can't you just like go over the river? I mean, like there's there was a lot of other places that I was being coaxed to come to. Yeah. And um, I'm a person who – I've already done my – uh, leaving, you know, I'm, I I lived in New York for almost 20 years, and I moved here. So I'm not looking to uh, leave to find better pastures. I'm looking to create a better pasture here for mm. film and music and creativity and and everything. So, and and I think there's a there's a wealth of of people here to pull from. Um, I do see a problem in terms of everybody is uh, very separate and in, in their own little thing. And I, I'd love I'd love to be able to take a film and and cross over the arts in the film world a little bit more, which is something that, um, surprisingly enough, is not, um, it's not typical here. Yeah. A couple of other things I want to get to uh, with regard to the reduction, but I'd like to have a clip uh, played also. Oh, sure. why, why don't you set this up? Because it includes one of my favorite lines from, <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> we can talk about that when it's finished. But this is uh, the young Rachel Ann in a situation with a young man she's just met. Set it up for me. Yes. This is, that's a great line. Um, she really wants to do things other than the classical music. She's very late for uh, uh, an important rehearsal, and she's just um, kind of snuck in an audition for a play that she, she's she been wanting to do since high school, and she has another opportunity to do it again. And so she's she's on her way to, to do that, and uh, this fellow who she just barely met um, is questioning her about the play. Hey, don't forget this. Oh. Gonna read a play, huh? No, no. I won't get the part, even if I am. Um... I don't think I can. Stage fright. It's not that. Uh, even if I wanted to, I don't see how. It was neat to audition, though. It would make a lot of people upset, I think. I don't follow. I don't think my dad would like it. So? It would make him very upset. So? My life is set. Wear black and play the music of dead men. Um, I gotta go. Well, a couple of hints there. Number one, you get some sense of what the relationship is with the father, which is just fraught throughout the film. Uh, the, and the line, you know, I dress in black and play the music of dead men. I just is killer. <laughs> Thank you. It's yeah. it's definitely one of my favorite lines, and I, I think I think everybody likes to to walk around saying that that's worked on the film. <laughs> Another element of this that uh, I, I wondered about is the fact that. This was at one time was a one-person play. It was, what, a 14-minute? You mentioned the short movie. It was a 14-minute short early on? Well, you've, you've, you've revealed more than most people. This is, uh, you, you're kind of combining some, some interesting things. Um, the short film was 14 minutes, mm-hmm. and it was not a, a solo performance piece or anything like that. Um, there was the same uh, father and daughter, uh, you know, Bjorn and Rachel. They were in the short as well. And uh, we had another um, 
important character. But what you are referring to is as the one-person show, um, since I am an actor as well, I did do a solo performance piece in New York City on Theater Row. Um, and I played my father and my mother and my violin and my brother. I played, you know, all the characters and uh, everybody afterwards said, oh, you should you should tour with this as a, as a one-person show. And it was kind of around the time when Spalding Gray and a lot of people were doing one-person shows. And I thought, oh, my gosh, emotionally, there's no way I could, I could do that. But, you know, um, that was one thing. And many, many, many years later did I even consider writing a screenplay about the film. I mean, about the story, you know. The, the film, uh, Parallel Chords, runs almost uh, an hour and 40 minutes. The pretty 100, what is it, 98 minutes or yes. something like that. And how do you take a 14-minute short and <laughs> multiply it by 10? <laughs> it's a good point. Um, so actually, I wrote the feature-length screenplay first. Uh-huh. Uh, I wrote that when I was still in New York, and um, I was working with uh, a lot of pretty wonderful people that now have some great careers um, with this theater company. And a lot of them were established writers uh, older than me. And I had already been writing for the company and directing and acting. um, And I just sort of passed this thing out to established writers. um, And I was just looking for feedback. I wasn't really looking for much more. And um, it turned into uh, kind of a big deal. It got some traction. I had it optioned uh, more than once. And uh, a lot of people just kind of gravitated to the script. But there are some dicey things in it. And I don't know that there were uh, that many women lead uh, roles then. I also had originally thought I would play the role. You know, so this is, uh, so it was this full-length thing. And um, like I said, it didn't get made at that time, uh, but it got some traction. I was able to get commissioned to write three other scripts because mm-hmm. of it. Um, and then, you know, put it on the shelf for a while and moved here for love. And then I thought, mm-hmm. okay, how can, I don't have the money for the feature, but let, let's see how I can make it short. So I kind of had to go circuitously around to get back to making a small thing first. Allison, why don't you tell me something about the cast and working with actors? What was that like for you? Oh, I love their, they're so unique. And um, the, you know, watching them, you know, transform into the characters was fascinating to me. I I mean, and the way they worked with with Catherine and how you both work together um, and, you know, they would rise to the occasion depending on, you know, how dramatic the scene was at the time. Um, but I really loved that meeting the personalities behind all of them and getting to know them as real people and then watching the transformation come through in the characters. You know, I thought the, the cast was excellent. I mean, Thank for you. a relatively small production that uh, they were all outstanding. And I'm sure, Allison, you found that uh, to be the case as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was fortunate enough that I had acted with Rachel before, so I, yeah. I, I, you know, many years ago. So I had kind of my eye on her. For many, many years ago. She only looks like she's <laughs> 17 years old. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good that's that good. she looks that young. Yeah. And, and Bjorn, I've forgotten his last name. Yes, Played Bjorn the Johnson. Ex- he he's is, excellent. Yes, he yeah. is totally excellent. He has been a lot of uh, major things, Mad Men, Sopranos, uh, I don't know, Dexter, everything that you've probably seen on TV. Um yeah, he. I found him through uh, through my New York connections, and yeah. And you say they're in the uh, both of them were in the short as well. Yes. Um, 
but they certainly aged uh, during between the time you did the short and, and this uh, production. Yeah, um, you know it's funny. I think since we had it out on the festival circuit in 2015 and 16, and we were already starting to shoot uh, the feature in 2016, mm-hmm. um, it's it's kind of been this very natural evolution. I mean, yes, Rachel is a she's actually only a few years older than when you know when mm. we did the short, so. Um, yeah, she's got that young face, and 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 Bjorn, he's looking fit as a fiddle. I had to ha- kind of make him look much older. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes that happens naturally. Oh, and <laughs> Laura is brilliant. I should mention Laura too because she's a really uh, wonderful, uh, established uh, mm-hmm. Kansas City actress who's been in Cannes, and um, you know she's she's super awesome. And my little girl is pretty great too. Well, folks are going to have the opportunity to uh, see that at 7 p.m. this Friday at the Brown Hall Auditorium at Washington University yes. as part of this year's Filmmakers Showcase. What happens then? <laughs> um, the follow- I, mean, I mean, after that. <laughs> we know what happens then. Um, you know the reoccurring line, we shall rest in the film? I'm sorry? You know the reoccurring line, we shall rest? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. that's what's going to happen. No, <laughs> hopefully more. Uh, we, we're going to show it in uh, Massachusetts the following week. It's been selected as a part of the 27th Annual Woods Hole Film Festival, and following that will be a Film Festival of Columbus, and we'll keep you posted on it. just going to keep screening in different festivals and uh, – and yeah, and there's and there have been some awards along the way as there's well. There's definitely been some awards. Yeah, and and what are they? Well, so the awards are actually for the short because the feature uh-huh. we we just finished not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I have to say that I enjoyed the film. I watched it over the weekend. I think people will as well at seven o'clock Friday at Washington University. I want to thank you both, Allison Mace. Thank you for being with us, and we'll watch for your next film project as well. Thank you and, so and much. Catherine, thank you thank so you. much for being with us. Thank Best you. of luck to you with the Parallel Chords. Thank you so much. That's right. Thanks, Tom. That's going to be sewn once again. I'll remind everyone at seven o'clock this Friday at Brown Hall Auditorium at Washington University. Podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available at stlpublicradio.org, or you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Don Marsh.